get high. I mean, who doesn't like to get high and have fun? I agree. Welcome to Souvenir Sounds. Um, so this is a this is kind of old school. This is a song called "Let's Get High" by Lords of Acid. One of those uh, '90s favorites, because that's what we're all about. <laughs> you know what I'm all about, though. What's that? Those record scratches that somehow disappeared from music. Right? They sure did. Man, I miss the hell out of that. Yeah, that's that's true, man. Everything's, you know, everything's produced now. There's not a lot of, like, I mean, look, I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure oh. there's some dudes out there still doing it. Yeah, like DJ Premier, for sure, has mastered the art of chopping 100 words to make a hook. A la Where Is Everybody remix. Where is everybody? Yeah, the Nine Inch Nails on Things Fall Apart. Oh. There's that, that vocal treatment where it sounds like it's every word is chopped from a different song where he says that word specifically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so it sounds mm-hmm. like a ransom, like an audio ransom note. Mm. Premiere does that a lot. Like he'll not just sample the little beat or whatever. He'll sample the whole word and then craft the hook with him scratching in between that those little phrases. To make it sound like that's a fully recorded, whatever, hook or a bridge or whatever. Right, right, right. But it's actually just a Frankenstein. Yeah, DJ scratches are amazing. <laughs> DJ scratches. Well, I'll tell you what. We could definitely do a whole episode on DJ scratches. Yes, <laughs> DJs who scratch. But uh, today, I think we were going to like dedicate our time to an upcoming fake holiday <laughs> called 420 i mean it's not fake like it exists and a lot of people celebrate it i know we're high practitioners of uh, yeah i'm uh you know i've definitely been uh partaking for most of my life at this point I mean, you grandfathered me in yeah uh, yeah i was a bad influence on a lot of my friends bad or yeah it's i mean it's you all know, about perspective i don't think it was bad i mean you know hindsight i mean we all turn out uh, okay yeah and that's all we can ask for it's like hey look i'm okay with being okay right now <laughs> and i and i tell you what you know what for us wasn't a gateway drug no it wasn't it was actually the last one i tried i mean did i <laughs> <laughs> the last it was the last thing i tried yeah i had there were you know like uh like bolo never smoked in high school uh but i did oh boy did i yeah was, you did oof. and you know what i used to do a lot was uh just get high and listen to music because <laughs> that's all i could do was at home a lot <laughs> or at get, school a lot yeah get getting into my mom's stash or you know people in school sold weed a lot of people in school <laughs> sold weed there's numerous times i'm like oh we're gonna take an extended lunch over to robert's house good times and it smelled like chichin chong's car that that back room dude of my house was just it was so much fun especially when you got the room leading into that the the not basement basement you had back there <laughs> yeah man it was a wrap yep good times and yeah we we did a lot of we did a lot of music listening we did a lot of smoking and and you know 
there's a lot of there's a lot of music about smoking and it goes way back it goes way way back to you know like jazz musicians right dude they were notorious they they were they were and um uh even in it's it's even referencing back to the future right correct right they're outside uh, they say something oh we don't want to mess with no reefers <laughs> i thought those yeah that's such a great movie yeah <laughs> yeah here we go Oh yeah. That's the reefer man. And and from here, I mean, I I wish I knew what year this was made. From here it goes a lot of places, and uh, as I was as I was researching a lot of this. I found, I found a lot of country songs about weed. Isn't that an awakening in it? Yeah, and uh, of of course everybody knows that you know, like Willie Nelson is like a huge proponent of legalizing marijuana and all that good stuff. And yeah, it was weird. It was weird to like hear all these country songs about weed. I, I mean, like, I'm really. I'm gonna make a dad joke. Uh, is it bluegrass? <laughs> yeah, bluegrass bluegrass you know there's a thing i saw there was an ad or was a story i read about a company that was coming out called dad grass and it was like like less powerful weed like it was supposed to make you more patient and understanding of your wife's struggles (laughs) is that what that no 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 it's like it was like if you were like dipping into your dad's stash like in the 80s and 90s or something when weed wasn't as strong because like weed is strong now yes It, it is once yo too strong sometimes and occasionally not strong enough it just but i've probably depends on how shitty of a week you had at work yeah listen i've had more like bad experiences on like eating from like eating edibles than i have like on acid oh yeah dude (laughs) i've I've occasionally felt like i've given up the ghost a few times on (laughs) i think the first time it happened real bad was at the bone thugs and harmony concert I think it was like the 15th or the 20th anniversary of East 1999 Eternal. Oh, okay. And everybody was there except Busy Bone, of course. He made up for it a few years later, though. But or he wasn't there, and I hadn't smoked in like a year and a half. Wow. Yeah, I was like, dude, I'm ready to go. It's Bone Thugs. What a way to come back. <laughs> and for some reason, nothing couldn't go. So I'm like, man, who can I go with? Who can I go with? And Johnny agreed to go. I'm like, oh, perfect. Me and Johnny rolled out to Revolution. Wow. Met up with a bunch of people that I knew up there. Revolution. It's a great spot. It's a great spot to see a show. Yeah, That was a hot box. I can guarantee you not a single person that was at that show would have passed the drug test. Oh, for sure. Contact high. Contact high. No, you had that in your system. (laughs) Like, it was a steady hot box the entire time. But somehow, halfway through, they had done Notorious Thugs, and they were doing the song with Tupac, Thug Love. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, this is, it's starting to feel weird. Like I'm, I'm cold, but I'm sweating bricks. Like this ain't cute. I I don't like this at all. And then it's like, everything started going, like I I started getting tunnel vision. Kind of like when Neo realizes he's the one, the first time in the first matrix (laughs) in the subway scene where he finally stops all those bullets with his hand Uh and he flexes his arm and everything was just like everything adjusted. That's how my vision got. It did it twice. And out of, out of nowhere, I was like, ooh, curtain call. 
blacked out. Really? Yeah. And then I woke up. Apparently, I had um, sat against the the part where you rest your foot while you're ordering a drink at the bar. Like, I didn't bust my ass or anything. I was just, like, I sat down. Some some guy was in the crowd that apparently was an EMT. He's like, hey, man, you good? You good? Really? Like, yeah, yeah. I, was, I don't know, but I blacked out. Like, I hadn't smoked in so long. I took a few hits of the blunt, you know, passed it around, came around a few times, and I don't know where I just started getting real lightheaded. You know, oh, this is your blood sugar drop. Just go straight to the bar and order a pineapple juice straight. Like, don't put no alcohol in there. Wow. And it's happened to me twice after that. Both times at Mayday shows. Shout out to Mayday for having amazing concerts. <laughs> Thanks, Recognize, for hanging out with me that one time. <laughs> what, um, wow, bone. Wow, after a year and a half. Yeah. That's a long time to, like, not do something and then do it again. And then they totally made up for it when it was Busy Bone and Lazy Bone doing a, a Bone Brothers like mini tour because they have like their own offshoot group where it's just the two of them. And they had Mayday opening up the last show I ever went to at Grand Central. Oh, Grand Central. Front row. Another great. Amazing sound in that place. Music venue in Miami that is no longer Grand Central. I saw... Did I see them do a show there? I want to say I saw Of Montreal do a show there. At the very least, I saw him do a DJ set there. I've no, I know I've seen Afro Beta there. Hell yeah! Actually, that were Mayday's opening act. The yeah. first time I saw Mayday. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I, uh, I know I, I saw some good shows there. I can't think of any right now. Sepultura. But really so yeah. they they did they did start Hell doing yeah. a lot of metal shit out of there i, I, I saw play there for sure yeah yeah it, oh, yeah that was such a great that was a great spot man cypress right, hill played there too damn for real yes cypress hill played there so all right so i love cypress hill right yes. obviously if we're talking about weed they they gotta come into the picture right um as, you know just like bone thugs but cypress hill was probably like the first band i heard that that really talked about it like that but my beef with them playing at grand central was like i was already in my 30s bro why is this shit like on a wednesday night can you just do a tour of like all weekend dates for the the working class person who was like an old school fan of yours like a 35 and over tour (laughs) yeah like just do it on a smaller venue like and call it my knees don't work the same tour (laughs) oh cartilage supplements right at the door <laughs> <laughs> oh man but that would be an awesome show especially at grand central that place was such a tight little spot and the way the sound yeah. echoed in there no matter what style of music it was it was the perfect setup for acoustics it was great and it was just so like it was just a big open warehouse and that's what i loved about it well, the ceiling was really high and it was just open and you could see like you could just look around and see everything like you saw the whole club standing from anywhere in the club um at least that's how i remember it (laughs) i could be wrong no you can see everything yeah yeah right it was just like a big ass open space um and it was great but i didn't i didn't go to that show and i think the last time i saw them was probably at one of those uh 311 tours they did a tour where oh, it was like them right. and Sublime with Rome and uh, at Yahoo probably. Yeah, I think um, they had a string of like Snoop three or Dogg. four years where they were doing these little package tours where it was like two or three 
big band. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, of course, you know, so I, I was like, oh, Cypress Hill and 311. I was like, of course, I'm there. But Cypress Hill was like my first alone concert. No shit. Yes. So Cypress Hill, I saw Cypress Hill. Hold on. I need to look at the ticket. It's right here. You remember the year by any chance? Is April twenty seventh, nineteen ninety six. I was Ooh. I was fifteen years old. I go. I went with Andy. I went with Andy and one chauffeur. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I think my dad was the chauffeur that night. <laughs> um, but yes, when he had the caddy, that was that was nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he. I went with Andy and like a buddy of his, dude. And all I remember was like we bought a bowl. I don't even know if we had weed, but um, I bought my first bowl there. There was a band there called Lungs, and they were terrible. They were just so bad. That um, name sounds terrible. It was like well. a it was like a metal band, and me and Andy made fun of them for years to come. But the sec the second band before the band before Cypress Hill came on, and it was like a live hip hop band, and I was like, oh man, like these guys are awesome and at one point they even end up playing like a like a medley of like current like hip-hop songs and i'm like yo these guys are badass and it ended up being the roots how do i know that's where you were going with that (laughs) so i saw the roots open up and then like like a few weeks later i go to a warp tour or like a few months later i end up going to warp tour at bayside at the amphitheater and um and somebody hands me a tape and on and it's a, a roots single tape in just oh, like a sleeve. Nice. And on one oh, the little cardboard sleeve. In the oh, little those cardboard are the best. sleeve, those right? Promo tapes. And it was for um clones. So it was for the track uh, clones. And I yeah, I rocked that tape till it popped for sure. Like I had that shit for so long. Uh and then Cypress Hill comes on. And this by this time they're touring for Temples of Boom. Oh snap! So the first track that comes on is um, "Illusions," and that place goes nuts. That's my favorite banger off that album. This album for me was like this is hands down my favorite album of theirs. Oh, easy! I love the first four albums, like and and uh, like I was saying earlier when we were talking before we hit record was right. like. That's kind of where I stopped listening. I, I listened to Skull and Bones. I thought it was really good, but like it was weird with like the rap and rock thing. And I was like, well, it's cool that they're experimenting because, you know, the Beastie Boys kind of did stuff like that, um, which came out awesome. Um, this song takes a second to, yeah. <laughs> to get going. Messing with the wrong one this time. Yeah. Uh, but this album was my jam. But of course, I remember listening to like Hand on the Pump when I was like 12, maybe 11, 12. And, you know, they're talking about smoking blunts and all this stuff. And I'm like, whoa, of course, like, you know, and how I could just kill a man. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah, dude, that um, illusions. And that one and that was the beauty of Cypress Hill is they were never shy of letting you know that they were they were latino right and then finding out send dog was cuban and then be reals half cuban half mexican right so it always brought like the sense of like 
oh, damn, somebody that comes from a similar struggle my family does. Right, right. Yeah. And to, they always kind of like, they always stuck with me in that regard. Yeah. To hear them rapping in Spanish, the song Tres Eggies, right? Of course. Uh, Latin, Latin lingo. Latin lingo. Well, yeah, and then later on they released Spanish versions of some of like their biggest hits, right? Los grandes éxitos en español. Yeah, man. I mean, they're like my number one. I mean, obviously, Three Eleven is kind of like a weed band too, but Cypress Hill like popped that cherry for me. You know, oh, for sure. I was like, and and it was great. And man, I had Cypress Hill shirts that I would wear to like middle school and shit. I'm and surprised they didn't bust you for those. They did a few times. Oh, I got in trouble a few times for getting busted for. <laughs> on a few occasions, I would somebody would tell me something about a Manson shirt I was wearing. Like, well, that was a different, you know. Yeah, it's a different, a uh, different animal, <laughs> different set of rules, I guess. A different kind of offensive. <laughs> what a free mind. Yeah. Oh, it's marijuana. It's illegal. It's a drug. But yeah, like they had a st- a streak with those first four albums, where I think their sound capped, like their how they evolved sonically capped yeah. at four. And that's why to me, skull and bones is my least favorite, but the saving grace of skull and bones is the rock portion of it. Like the second yeah. disc, dude, it's, it's out of hand. And then they started incorporating some of that back in like some of the other soundscapes, especially on elephants on acid. Yeah. That's so that's really their last to album. Listen to that album. And that was I, since I believe Cypress Hill four or three. Don't quote me on uh, right. that DJ Muggs did the entire album. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, he came back and he did a lot of the work on it. It I have listened to it a few times. It is really good. And, you know, this is another one of those instances like with Korn where they had like this long stretch of like in between albums that I liked that I really like, you know, Cause now, like, I'll give things a listen or two, but if I if it doesn't like immediately like connect, like I right. kind of just like toss it aside. Yeah, it doesn't hook you right away. Even if it's a band that I that I've liked their stuff before, you know, it's just I just can't. I don't get into it at the time for whatever reason. But yeah, Elephants on Acid is a pretty good, is a pretty good one. Yeah, they're definitely. I mean, in the you know, are they like, are, are they? Are there any other bands like that? Are there any other groups like that where they're like just known for weed? Like who else is really known for weed? A band which we've seen together live, Cottonmouth Kings. Cottonmouth Kings. Oh, Dude, yes. That was such an awesome show. <laughs> so that was at another awesome venue down here called Culture Room, right? We saw it right. at my Culture Room. Uh, wow. That's a that's probably the smallest like of the show. Or venues, yeah. Oh, as far as the venues go, yeah. But yes, I remember that show. Did it? Was that the one where Head PE opened? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, they were mad pot bands or groups. It was them, uh, a group called Potluck. It was Head PE, uh, Dirtball. Did we see all of these bands? Yes. they were. This was all at the same show. And we saw all of these bands? Yes. Because <laughs> there was one guy, like, I think we took two two joints with us. Like, oh, we'll smoke half of one when the show starts and then we'll play it by ear. For sure, you're going to save one entire one for for Cottonmouth, right? right? And we befriended some guy that was there that looked like he was looking around for somebody to smoke with. He's like, I'm not going to smoke this by myself. Oh, my God. 
So then he he starts look like he looks at me with like a silly grin, and he's just like, "Hey, do you believe in Jesus?" And his twelve apostles, and he reaches in his bag, and it's like a bag full of joints already <laughs> pre rolled. <laughs> then I'm like, "Yes, I do," and we chilled with that guy the rest of the show. Are you serious, bro? I don't you, remember you. Well, I drove, so I made sure I didn't get as inebriated as I wanted to at that yeah. concert. But dude, Cottonmouth, uh, Cottonmouth Kings killed it. I I remember having a lot of fun at that show, and that Cottonmouth Kings was just like a great live show. Like it was like it was super cool high energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 had PE too because they were still. They were no, still pretty already, big at the time. Yeah, there like, was uh probably like they got pretty big once they dropped that song "Bartender," right on their second album, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they kind of maintained a good little buzz for like an album or two, and that's that buzz that caught them to sign on to sign with Cottonmouth Kings, and it was around that cusp of the the album or two of them just kind of starting to dip back down into obscurity, mm-hmm. and it sucks because they stayed there for a long time. Yeah, and you know it. it that just happens, you know. There's bands that you know we think are just amazing, and they end up just not materializing into what we thought they could. You know, Kenna's a great example of that. Oh, is, is there any I, better example of what I the mean, potential Kenna had? If you've ever read Blink uh, by Malcolm Gladwell, there's a chapter in there about exactly that, about how. You know, all the record executives and all the artists were, you know, praising him and they were like, oh, this guy's going to make it. But he like tested poorly, uh, you know, for like radio and like nobody liked him. And they were like, oh, well, he's not R&B enough for the R&B crowd, but he's not rock alternative enough for the rock alternative. So he was like this great middle ground that nobody liked. And it was like, I mean, I loved all his, I love all his stuff. And I, and every once in a while now he'll like pop up on a, on a live on Instagram and I've seen, I've caught one of them and he's just kind of like chilling there. Like, and he's either like playing piano or he's like, like playing new music that he's written on the live. Um, but he doesn't really have any songs about weed at all. I mean, he barely has his albums on there. Yeah. Cause they took all those EPs he had dropped off of itunes you know what i bought all that shit oh lucky. i bought it and i because i was like you know what i love this guy I, I will pay for all his music um like i did with vast yeah i yeah i bought i bought all the vast stuff too up until you and me i bought everything oh i bought i get big bang six though april i i bought that i bought the downloads i bought all the downloads big bang bang Big band, bang band six. What the fuck? Bang 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 six. Yeah, what, whatever, bro. Whatever that EP was, that was actually really good too. Uh, vast, wow. It was a good return to form with some of their. I don't want to call it industrial sound because he, he, he never was that, but yeah. he had industrial strength. Like there was a certain undercurrent of right, like using industrial sounds to not make that kind of music. Like some of the some of the. The keyboard work, yeah, particularly on that project, sounded to me like that. I don't know. I I got to see him that one time in Chicago, and then he was the show that we went to. That never happened <laughs> at, at Culture Room. At Culture Room, dude, that was so much fun. Bro, yeah, we were sitting, gone, in, dude. We were high. sitting in the parking lot, like, Wait, where's everybody? At? <laughs> like, a uh, show started a half hour ago. There isn't 
<laughs> anybody here, not even the asshole that sits outside taking your ticket. Dude, that guy always looked like he had a chip on his shoulder. Like, can you believe that we were the only people who bought tickets to that show and showed up? Like, three heads showed up. Three with heads. A 24 pack of Bud Light. Ugh. Yeah, that was not too great. Apparently, we didn't <laughs> we didn't take enough so we can fully spell vast with all the empty bottles as a big middle finger to the culture <laughs> room for not letting us know that that never happened. That happened um, to me before that vast show. Yeah. With 30 Seconds to Mars. Really? Yeah, there was. Uh, they were touring for their first album. The first album had already been out, and we get to the show, and they were still like going to open up, because I guess a bunch of the people showed up, like the workers. So we're just going to open it up as like a bar night or whatever. Uh-huh. But they're like, no, the show got canceled because uh, on the flyer it said featuring uh, 30 Seconds to Mars featuring Jerry Leto of My So-Called Life. And he was like, nah, I'm I'm touring as 30 Seconds to Mars. Mars. This is not a cross promotional. Oh. Like I'm trying to use my fame from the show to be in this band. Right. Which I didn't know that was him until I'd already been bought the album. And I started researching online. I'm like, oh, that's that guy. I mean, and really, who cares? Like, what is it? That show was on for, like, what, two seasons? Like, who even gives a crap? Like, I know that's where that was, like, his his first big gig. And Claire Danes, too. And they kind of, like. And Wilson Cruz. Yeah. Like, who cares? But when I found out it was him, I was like, wow. This guy's super talented and way too good looking. So then I started to hate him. Like Tom Brady, just too good looking and too talented. Yeah, like, like it's not no. fair. You're too like you hate Brad Pitt like that too. I mean, I don't. I mean, I guess if I was gonna hate anybody like that, no, I think it's Leto and Brady because because they're closer in age. Is that why? <laughs> maybe that too. <laughs> More like direct competition. And it's like music and sports, and I'm like, damn you, you know? Right. Because because see right because. Brad Pitt is just an actor. If Brad Pitt was in a fucking band or he played, he was like a championship football player. I guess Tom Brady doesn't do anything else. But he's Tyler Dern. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Dude, that movie, Fight Club. Well, that's. I'll never forget my boss at Blockbuster, who shall remain nameless because he, for sure, was like, "Oh, you like you like this weird electronic music that you hear playing in the background when I played this movie." I'm like, hell yeah. Drop acid, watch a movie. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm like, oh, all right. If you say so. I mean, I could say his name. I don't know where he's at. Tony, thanks. <laughs> Tony, yeah. yeah it man. became my favorite movie to this day. And that's where my love of, of score and all that love getting high and listening to orchestral music or just mm-hmm. the scores of, which I wish TJ Muggs would have done. And he kind of did with his new album, his new solo album. Mm-hmm. It's all instrumental and a lot of it, it, like he'll have vocals on it, but it's not really, it's vocals, not words. Yeah. Who goes, but who, you know, who goes to a DJ to score a movie, <laughs> you know, uh, junkie XL. Well, but still electronic, still more production. Like who goes to like a traditional, what traditional DJ has scored something, you know, DJ shadow. You see, you uh, hear some, you hear some cuts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Some scratching in the uh, score. Crystal Method. Okay. Oh, yeah. The Dust Brothers. I'm, um, I'm sure Chemical Brothers as well. I mean, yeah, Daft they're Punk. technically producers, but... It, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they do DJ sets. So like, it's DJ, like DJ Muggs, though, because he's like a DJ. Like, he's more old school. Like 
I mean, is Questlove not anything but a drummer and a DJ? Yeah. And a historian. Dude, they make he he writes the best liner notes for all those uh, Roots albums. Oh, yeah. Have you ever, like, sifted through the thing and read the the little paragraphs or whatever he writes? Yeah. Per I, track. Oh, yeah? Is it? Is it per the, track? The last few he hasn't done it, I think, since Undone. Or maybe before that, was it Rising Down? No, Rising Down was before How I Got Over. I think How I Got Over onward that he doesn't do the yeah, liner notes. They were too busy already on Fallon. And I've seen The Roots, like, a bunch of times. Like, so many times. Lucky. Yeah. I've only seen them twice, but they were awesome both times. Oh, my God. I have to have seen them at least, like, seven or eight times. Probably about as many times as I've seen 311 or Pearl Jam. I mean, I was lucky enough that Common was there both times. Oh, yeah. So they did Act 2 both times. I'm like, yes. Nice. It was Mansion on, at the beach. Oh, wow. I got to see Tribe Called Quest with MF Doom opening. What? That was one bomb ass show there. Uh, what else did I see there on one of the side rooms? The tribe was in the main room. Yeah. But like, you know, they always had like little little side rooms and just different places where local groups can play. Mm-hmm. I got to see Common, John Legend, De La Soul, and Rozelle was the MC. Oh, wow. So it was like, uh, it was remembering the classics, like tour or something like back to classics tour. So what, you know, Rozelle's one of the world famous beatboxers. Right. So he would sit there and beatbox the beat to different tracks from, from decades in hip hop. So he started beatboxing songs from like Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, like all those old, like white lines, old school songs while the crowd was rapping the lyrics. Then De La Soul came out, did their set and he came out and started doing 80s songs, beatboxing 80s songs. So the crowd would get hyped. After that, it was Common came out, Common did his set. Of course, common break dancing and all that. Then nineties, and then John Legend came out, and then Rozelle still at the end. He's like, "Nah, let's do this." Started doing like current hits oh, from the wow. two thousand. Dude, that shit, it was so much fun. That's Dude. a that's a good spot too, man. That was a Hell good. Yeah. Well, I wonder what it's called now. I saw the Chemical Brothers there when it was Level. It was called Level. Yes. And I saw them do a DJ set during like a winter music conference. That's what it was called, Level. Oh, it was Level. Well, yeah. it was Mansion too. It's the same place. It was all the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, but shit. level I think was after the last owners mm-hmm. that I remember. It became mansion after Prince sold it. I believe that's what oh, was Prince yeah. that belonged to Prince. Yeah, you never you never noticed a door handle, so getting to the main room was his symbol. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, whatever. I pay attention to uh, the weird I mean, listen, that was a long time ago and a lot of pot has been consumed since then. <laughs> and speaking of pot <laughs> we cannot even make this episode talking about weed songs and going on these tangents and we forget we're talking about weed without bringing up i can't wake up from krs1 oh man that's that's like gotta be can you play that just I go sure ahead can. and play Are you ready for it yeah let's go this is a great this is a great one what i want you, to, I want do you to do the way that bass line comes in. Ten, 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 nine, nine eight seven his voice five, five, four, four three, three two, two on one, one you will be asleep, will be asleep. one i'm a blood getting smoked and i can't wake up i'm a blood getting smoked and i can't wake up i'm a blood getting smoked and i can't wake up i'm a blood getting smoked and i can't wake up i'm dreaming about being a blood <laughs> yes, i love this <laughs> 
listen, this was this was a a great show. So we saw KRS One. We actually saw KRS One a few times. Um, we saw him open for Method Man, correct. And the other half of Wu Tang opened up for that for KRS. And the other what, was that at the same show, or was that a different show I went to there? Oh yeah, you're right because it was, like it was Master Killer. It was Master Yuga, Killer, right? And that's when they came out. That's when he dropped that. Um, oh my gosh, I have it there. Is it the Master Killer album? Like Brooklyn uh, King no, was no, on it, and No Said Date, or the no, other? it's something else. It's, oh, the second one. It's it's over Wait, there what somewhere. What the hell is the name of that album? It had Brooklyn Kings and um, and I had a bunch of their kids. Yeah, yeah, the the kids were on a track, and there's um. Oh, there's some there's some actually good songs. Iron God Chamber is a good song on there. But yeah. Oh, so Made in Brooklyn. Made in Brooklyn, there we go. Um yeah, that's actually a really good album. Um But yeah, so we saw KRS one there. But the other really cool show that we saw with KRS one, I'll let you talk about that one. And I still have like terrible yeah. early cell phone pictures of that show somewhere. Oh, so like after that show, which Method Man showed up a solid two hours late, they basically late. forced the crowd to to break into ciphers and and have their own fun while we waited for them. As if you weren't exhausted after watching KRS One, then Method Man came and was like, "Oh, you're done with boot camp. <laughs> Let me tire you out." Dude, that guy was climbing on the on like the railing of the pit area and the floor of the top floor, and then he was like hyped with the crowd. He would jump on the crowd. He'd rap while the crowd was holding him up by his feet. This Damn. was what, like, 05? That sounds about right. 06. 06, and it was actually the day the day after my birthday. Oh, hell yeah. And that's, so I remember that it was the day after my birthday, and we were, yes, and we got out of there super late. It was like a 2-something, 3 o'clock in the morning, and Broward yes. is notorious for the noise ordinance. Yes. Apparently, KRS has family in Pompano, so whenever he comes down to, like, oh, really? he will come down, yeah, whenever he will come down to Miami, he would always do, like, mini tours of going to, to like, speak at libraries or at conferences or whatever. It's something, you know, to to be a positive member of, of the hip-hop community. And that show was, I want to say it was, like, a Tuesday or Wednesday or something. It was back when, yeah, it was like, a, the, yeah, it was, it was a Wednesday. Was it? Yes, it says Wednesday, October then, 25th. <laughs> that same weekend. I think it was that Friday or the Saturday. He was handing out flyers for another show he was doing at a little park on on South Beach. Somewhere like on 22nd or 21st, 22nd, near the Holocaust Museum. Yeah, the rec center. I had the skunkiest roach clip <laughs> like in my pocket. Like anytime my, my po- the little cell phone pocket in my cargo shorts would, would just kind of open up. It would be like a whoff of. So, so wait, so before we get to the Miami Beach one. Do you remember what happened on the way home from the Method Man show? No, this was at the South Beach show because we parked far. No, no. But do you remember what happened on the way home from the Method Man show? So remember, we were with Damaris. Oh, that's right. And very close to our home, we were smoking a blunt. Oh, And we got pulled over. (laughs) And all I remember is like we opened the windows and like, oh, the smoke was coming out, and we were like, oh, the smoke signal, <laughs> for sure. Like there was no denying what happened in that car, right? 
the cop we op- the cop came up to the car and Jose was like, "Yo, I got roaches in the ashtray." Straight up, I was <laughs> like, "I'm yeah. not gonna bullshit." <laughs> he didn't even he didn't even say anything to us, and Jose was like, "There's there's weed in the ashtray," and then he basically just made us dump it out and stomp it, and then we were on our way. But that was terrifying. It really was. <laughs> I Me, mean, I still got a ticket for a bus at headlight though. Did you get yeah, a ticket? Yeah, hell yeah, I got the citation. That's why he stopped us. Oh, is he? Yeah. Is that why he stopped That's us? That's why he stopped us. He goes, oh. Do you know why I stopped you? He was like, Bust a headlight, right? He goes, Yeah. Mm. But I appreciate your honesty for telling me you had that in the car. And it was still lit. That was the problem. It's not like, no, <laughs> we were that, yeah, we smoking were it. in progress. <laughs> Crime in progress. I mean, at least we smoked most of it. Yeah. By most of it, only half. Oh. It was a lot. Like, it, it hit yeah, me was... back then. It's like, uh, Gotta stomp. Listen, it's I could, like 25 minutes of smoking to go. I couldn't smoke a blunt like that now. No way. I I wouldn't get through. Sorry, buddy. Three or four puffs. Back to Method Man, iron lungs. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. He uh he made us stop us out. He goes, the next time you're going to smoke weed, you just go home. And smoke weed at home. They can't <laughs> yeah. bust you. You're at home. Yeah, for sure. Like a Wednesday night by next by that Friday or Saturday. <laughs> I was like, yes, we got to go see KRS again. Right, so then then we go to the rec center the f- a few nights later. And I want to say that was the most hip-hop show I've ever been to. It was definitely the most, the most hip-hop thing I've ever been to. Unconventional at the same time with us being to so many shows at that point. The fact that he rolled up in there with a local band. Fusic, which was, I think that was the first time I ever saw them. That was for sure the first time I ever saw them. Yeah, and then by chance... With Nadia, we end up meeting a lot of them. Exactly. Um, uh, you know, just hanging yeah, Tony, out. Tony, uh, Mac. Tony, right? Tony and Andrew Mac. ended up going to Mayday, so he's their percussionist. Oh wow! Mayday, yeah. Oh, okay. You remember the dude that would come out break dancing? Uh huh. Uh huh. He's in Mayday now. He's their their percussionist. Oh. He wow. still does that the break dancing thing at at the shows. So and and that was a really fun part of the show we went to because there was a b boy competition and Hell that yeah. was like Dude, that was awesome so fusic was basically the house band for krs1 and they were just it was like a non-stop like it was like an hour and a half yeah solid show freestyled the entire time with the exception of rapture's delight right step into the like that was the only song from his catalog he consciously made that band play but mm. other than that it was just they were having fun like they were it was like a jazz show almost not in the style of music they were playing, but just uh, kind of the, the free form exactly. vibe of it. And my favorite part about that is like, of course, he's going to jump into the crowd. It's a, you know, it's a chill hype crowd, but it's, you know, it's not too rambunctious in a way that you don't want a show to go to. Right. And then he jumps in the crowd and he's standing next to us and we're like, oh, hi. We're like, yeah. I don't in the middle of the song. He does like a like a street fighter. whore you can with this microphone pops me on the in the mouth with a microphone and i'm like i just got hit in the mouth with krs one's microphone and i'm i'm actually showing jose this terrible picture i took of him and krs one like the, the holy ghost <laughs> white as hell in that picture <laughs> oh that's such an awesome show this was like a terrible like flip phone yes like he was in the crowd he was just it in was there. super cool it was such a cool vibe and like he's just like standing right there I always am going to like the craziest shows with you when it's just like you and me. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go to the most obscure. The cheaper, the most obscure the show, the better, because you don't know what kind of hot mess you're gonna find. 
And sometimes you'd find some hidden gems. Like I found some really good bands. That's I heard of Nonpoint because I went to go see Limp Bizkit. Really? Yeah. Limp Bizkit with Seven Dust and Clutch opening up. This is 97. Like it was me and Chino went. And there was this dude with like small dreads and like another kind of heavier set ball headed dude handing out tapes. Max sell like 60 minute tapes with like four tracks on it. Like they were like, well, we're trying to get our music out. So they went full on like we're going to buy a stack of that's cheap, the least amount of time on the, t- on the tape. And just burn the four tracks on each side. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. And that's how I first heard a non point. Wow. But there'd be like crazy shows or just like here. And that was made like a $15 show. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Shows were like dirt cheap. I remember I saw, I saw the Bloodhound Gang. Well, Wee. you, we saw the Bloodhound <laughs> Gang. Yes. We saw the Bloodhound Gang at the Hard Rock Cafe in Bayside. With Rob Van Winkle as a... <laughs> guest appearance <laughs> oh my gosh that was crazy i don't even remember what we paid for that and chris was with us and so was angelo really yeah he was. <gasps> that's right oh my it god it was the four of us bro i haven't thought about that guy in forever Jose. and talk about going to shows yeah the bulk of the shows like the local groups like that's how i got into paying attention to the local music scene is through him yeah oh uh, well see that's cool yeah and there's you know there's a couple of friends who are always just like you end up seeing them at like certain shows. Like I always see Frank at three eleven shows. Yeah, <laughs> I always see Frank at three eleven shows, uh, which is pretty cool. Frank Frank's a nice guy. Frank's cool. Um, yeah, that guy's always down to. Bro, you want smoke? <laughs> yeah, always. of course. See, and that's it. And see, and that's just the common theme here is that it's like the weed and the music and it's a good time and you know eventually it's gonna get legalized everywhere and like no doubt within a few years like it's just gonna be federally legal and it's not gonna matter where you live uh is there any uh song uh (laughs) any smoking song that sticks out to you that's in your mount rushmore of of songs that you must hear Ooh, a mount Mount rushmore of not a top three not a top five but a Mount Rushmore top four. Oh man, that's a, that's a that's a tough one, right? So, I mean, I definitely have to pick one Cypress Hill song, and if I was gonna say like, I'll, I'd probably say I want to get high. Yeah, it's opening, always a toss up between that or hits from the bong. Hits from the bong, but like opening track on Black Sunday, which I think I'm pretty sure that came out on my birthday the year it was released, maybe like ninety three, ninety four. Um, but I remember getting the CD single for Insane in the Brain. Black Sunday came out July 20th, 1993. What? Oh, man. Maybe it was the other one. On Rough House and Columbia Records. Columbia House. Oh, shit. I probably still owe them money. Um, so yeah. I want to I wanna get high as in your Mount Rushmore. Oh, for sure. I want to get high. Um, and I'm going to go if, if I'm going to go with a. Uh, 311 who's got the herb oh for sure that's definitely in my mount rushmore and then if i'm gonna take it old school i'm gonna go purple haze Jimi hendrix that's a good one that's definitely if it's not about weed it's definitely about drugs at bare minimum about something that'll leave you in a haze uh after that i don't know there's there's so many and there's going to be just a really fun playlist for everybody <laughs> at the end of this. So I'll give you time to figure out your... Uh, yeah, give your me a last, couple of years. Your last president on the on the mountain. Mine has two Bone Thug songs. 
Okay. Of course. Buddha Lovers. Right. Uh-huh. And Weed Song. Not off the same album. But it could have been. Like, I, it was toss up between uh, Bud Smokers Only and Buddha Lovers. But I'm like, uh, you're not going to play two songs from the same album, right? I mean. On a, oh, shit. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I had this on my playlist, too. <laughs> this is your sixth man right here. <laughs> six man yeah. rated to make it fourth or your fifth man you know i found it i found it really hard like to like pick my favorite ones from some of these artists because they have so many songs like a bone thugs and a cypress hill have so many songs about weed that you're gonna end up putting like you know half an album on to the playlist you know <laughs> solid seven track ep worth of weed songs <laughs> per artist Oh my gosh, they could do just like a greatest hits of weed songs. But me being the avid Bone fan, like they definitely oh, for sure. mellowed out on, on doing songs like that. Oh yeah? Yeah. Like after a Thug World Order or the first album without Busy, where it was just like three of them instead of five. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, a weed song, but they weren't like, right. not like you can expect it on every album. Like for sure, back in the day, every album had. Every album, yeah. Yeah, yeah, to the point where they did two. Um, a third song is one. It's not new, but it's recent. It's a song called "Some Good" on a Tech Nine Collabos album. It's just such a chill. Like I love the finger snap, kind of like, like a hazy. You can smell clove smoke in the air. There's like red, velvety uh, curtains on the background. So now who is this again? Maybe like every two albums, he'll release a collaboration album where it's either basically an album he did with every track has guest rappers on it, mm-hmm. whether it's somebody from his label or just random people. Sometimes it won't be, he won't be on the track at all, but it'll be his core producer. Right. So there's still universal sound. It's almost like a, the Soul Assassins project. Okay. Where it was basically a DJ Muggs album with... You know, you got the Fugees, you have KRS. Right, right. Awesome song, by the way. Move Ahead. Yeah, I mean. Puppet Master. Yeah, Puppet Master with Dr. Dre. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a really good album. I like the I like the remix and revamped album, too. It was really good. Oh, yeah, that Boom Beatty Bye Bye. Yeah, with the Fugees. And, damn, dude, my fourth track. Uh, it's, it's it's tough, right? It, it really is. I mean, who's got the herb, man? That's. That's a solid one. I'm trying to think outside of rap because it's hard. Like, you know, like your in, your internal monologue when you're talking to yourself is in English, right? Right. Like my music, like I try to go no voices or anything in my head. The beats always sound like that. It's always sound like a rap song. So it's almost guaranteed. It's gonna be a... Yeah, you know, we, we have named a lot of like, well, I mean, I guess there's a couple of rock songs in there. But yeah, there wasn't. A, well, I said Purple Haze. But yeah, there's like one to go over the line and rainy day women. 
you know, Bob Dylan and stuff that the old school stuff. And we, you know, we kind of skipped over a lot of that. <laughs> we just went from like jazz to like Cypress Hill. I mean, that's uh, the beeline, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, we don't have time to talk about the fifties and the sixties. I mean, that's outside my area of expertise. So I'd rather not mention it than sound like a, like well, a try hard. Yeah. And, but then again, you know, like I really, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't know a lot of songs about weed, like blatant weed use, like that. You uh, know, Cypress Hill has a uh, not Cypress Hill. Duh. Uh, Fear Factory has a song called Bionic Chronic. Oh yeah, Fear Factory. And they wow. actually have a side project with Cypress Hill called Kush, where the guitar player is actually Stephen uh, Carpenter from Deftones. Mm-hmm. So it's like Fear Factory, Deftones, and Cypress Hill. Wow! Yeah, what? they oh never gosh. dropped is that on. Is that on the playlist? Is that going to be on the playlist? What the Bionic Crying? Yeah. Well, that's just Fear Factory. Like they never put out anything. Oh. Anything I've ever heard of them was like a bootleg recording of somebody that recorded them in the studio, but they never dropped a project. Oh, well, let's there's see like if we can s- find some of that bootleg crap and put it on the YouTube playlist. Right. I'm sure there's there's plenty of it. There's plenty of it. Oh, yeah. See, so now I'm looking through some of these playlists that I downloaded. And it's like The Joker by Stephen Miller, Pusher Man by Curtis Mayfield. Oh, hell Obviously, yeah. these are songs that kind of mention it. sampled uh, that song. What? Uh, I'm your pusher. Oh, yeah. Again, you, you're throwing iced tea at me. And I'm just I'm not like, throwing iced tea at you, <laughs> sir. You are still dry. <laughs> I'm playing. Uh, yeah, we didn't even we didn't even talk about bob marley or peter tosh or or reggae music in general probably has a ton of songs about weed i mean and we'll throw some more of that stuff in there um especially from bob marley's kaya album because kaya Kaya specifically is a reference to weed yeah and that's that's a great song kaya is a great song so wait so did you get your get through your four so what were your four the two bone thugs the weed song and I, I can't remember. The fourth one, man, it's hard. Yeah, like, it's, like it's hard, right? They give you like a weird cap. I'm like, I don't know what the hell I can put on that fourth one. It would have to be Cypress Hill, wouldn't it? I mean, it's your it's your Mount Rushmore, man. Could be, could be Sublime. Could, well, yeah. Could be. Smoke two joints. Smoke two joints. Could be. Well, that I feel like I smoke the lace joint when I hear that. That's not. <laughs> It's not like mid tempo or lower. Like I don't know for some reason that that song gives me like a like when you smoke weed and you get hype instead of mellow. Right. Like I get that from Smoke Two Joints, even though it's not necessarily a super upbeat track. Yeah. Like it gives me a like a sense of like, bro, I need to get up and be productive. Yeah, I don't know, man. There's so many songs, and the more I look through these playlists, I'm just like, yeah, there's it's it's hard to pick a fourth. Um, it's probably a Manson song, to be honest with you. You know, I'll, I'll go ahead and say my fourth is is Legalize It by Peter Tosh. Because, oh, that's a good one. Because, I mean, you know, even in the song, he's like talking about all the great stuff that you can do with it. It's good for asthma, tuberculosis. Glaucoma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, plenty of critics out there. We're in the age of the critic. 
the online voice. <laughs> the cancel culture. All right, what's your fourth, bro? I don't know. I don't think I... I know it's a... You can't have Dr. an uh, Dr. John and the metal, uh, Medicine Man cover that Manson did. Oh, my God. What the hell is the name of that song? Holy shit. It's on the live album. If I can pull it up. Oh, because I got high is not in my Mount Rushmore, but that's a fun-ass song. <laughs> oh, there's tons of fun songs. One of the fun country songs that I oh, that I found right. was... a. So Toby Keith, I'll never smoke weed. Weed with Willie, I think it's called Weed with Willie. Yeah, that's a pretty funny song. Can you play it? Sure, if I can find it. We need your, we need your four, bro. Oh my God, I'm trying. I did it. Uh, Jesus Christ, what is the name of that? See, there's a Hank song. Hank Williams Jr. stoned at the jukebox. Country. That's just something I. I've never, I've never really like. Try try to dig into, yeah. I, I maybe a few times, but I kind of just go back to whatever else it was I was listening to. Get my rocks off. It's not necessarily a weed song, but I like listening to it high. Okay, get my rocks off. Who sings that? Doctor Hook and the Medicine Man. Doctor Hook and the Medicine Man. And who's this? This is so. This is your four. This is my fourth. I love listening to this song. Whether I'm, a, I used to listen to it a lot tripping. Oh man, and we got into songs about psychedelics and other stuff. That's. I mean, we can just make a Doors playlist, dude. We don't have to. <laughs> we can just talk about the Doors. Yeah, I mean, there's, I just, you know, I feel like there's never enough time for us to. And furthermore, nobody's gonna listen to us talking for three hours because we could really go for about that long talking about. Anything really. Anything like, really. Yeah. We'll just keep stumbling down the rabbit hole. <laughs> but uh all right. We talked about weed songs, some yeah. weed bands. Is there any do we do we want to give any honorable mentions before we close this bad boy out and tell everybody to go listen to the playlist on Spotify and YouTube? And one of the most notorious weed songs, How High from Method Man and Red Man. Oh, of course. From the show soundtrack. From the show soundtrack? Yes. The show. What was the show? Was that it was a movie? Old, old documentary style, uh, like hip hop movie back in, I mean, we were in high school. Because that Bone Song Everyday thing is on there. I believe Coolio's on that soundtrack. I know Biggie's on there. I believe Tribe is on it as well. Hell yeah. We're going to end it on that one. There's just so many. So many great tracks, so many great artists who love weed. Maybe you love weed too. Yeah. Well, I'd at least like it. Yeah, you smelled it. I'm sure. 
uh, I was at a I was at the Lakers Heat game the other night. Yo, somebody was straight up hitting a vape pen in there. Damn, like it like was a vape pen, you can smell that. Like it's like I can smell it. Yes, but that's just how we roll down here now. Actually, they didn't roll anything. <laughs> I should get a rim shot for you there. Um, so, hey, if you do smoke weed, why don't you go smoke some and listen to that playlist? Uh, and thank you for listening. Check us out on all those social media stuffs. Yeah. And uh, we hope uh, you keep listening. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Make sure you queue up the playlist after the episode. So you can hear us from two ends. Peace.